0: it's tax time. Did that freak anyone else out? No, but really don't stop listening because I said that. Today's guest is going to have you changing your mindset on how you approach your finances, how you approach your monthly spending, and what that looks like for your business. We have Ashley Ford from Pretty Penny Accounting on the podcast, and she's sharing some actionable ways that we can get our ducks in a row. And she's also sharing how our mindset affects our business so much. So let's dive in. Today on the podcast, we have Ashley Ford of Pretty Penny Accounting, where they turn your chaos into numbers you can understand or teach you how to do it yourself. Ashley and our team believe you deserve the financial freedom you need to grow the business you love. So we are so excited to have her. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So this comes at a very timely I guess when this podcast is going to air, we're all working or should have worked on our taxes by now. We're all thinking money. <laughs> um and a lot of times in this business world, I don't think we have a good grasp on the financial part of our business, which is why I really really wanted to have you on and why when we got your email it was like just just like meant to be, the universe just like showing up and saying like this is the person. Um and I love so much that your approach has so much to do with mindset and just the whole, your entire business as a whole, right? And like empowering women to be able to actually do it themselves or to get help. that doesn't feel scary or just like it doesn't make sense. So that's really why we wanted to have you on today. Yeah,
2: I think that the financial piece of business can be the scariest part. And as women, we are generally seem less confident in that piece, less confident in asking for help in that area. So our approach has always been to really pair the two, the mindset, the money, and and making it way more approachable than it tends to be.
0: Love that so, so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself, both like personal yeah. and work, because, you know, we like to learn it all. Love it. We pair them both together. I feel like as
2: entrepreneurs, so much of our personal life is our business life. So it makes sense that we keep them together. But my name is Ashley. I own Pretty Penny Accounting, and I was raised by entrepreneurs. My family owned businesses. So even from a young age, I really was, I knew what it was like for them to have the freedom to make decisions in their business, but also kind of the struggles and heights of wins in business and when times were tough. Um, I spent summers, you know, helping out of the office filing paperwork, but my family was also able to come to our sports games and like really be there for us after school. So I think even from a young age, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think I thought it was going to be once I was much more of an adult whenever that was going to be in life. <laughs> so it sometimes is surreal to me that we're we're here now, but I really... Working a job, I graduated from college. I got an accounting degree, and I was working a job, and I loved it, and I was getting a lot of experience. But I really was just craving the the freedom, the financial freedom of being able to create my own income, the freedom around creating my own schedule, um, working with people that I loved, whether that was on my team or clients or whatever that looked like. And I just decided I needed to kind of take the leap and start that process. But it was really scary and. I was listening to a past episode with both of you, and I heard that both of you come from really strong mother figures, and mm-hmm. I do too. My parents split when I was younger, and my mom is still an entrepreneur. She's like the biggest role model in my life, and so there's so much good that has come from that. Um, but also a really like hardworking mentality that I've had to work to break over the last couple of years. So that's kind of a roundabout, just a little information on me and like where sort of my mindset around money has started and kind of my entrepreneurial journey.
0: I love that. And so we can relate so much on the the single mom and that, you know, seeing that work ethic and how great it was, but also um, it taught us to maybe work just a little too hard sometimes. Um, And so we've like navigated that into adulthood. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So thank you for checking out that episode. Uh, I think that was probably episode four, where Beth and I chat about money mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just like take, maybe we can take a minute to share a little bit of a story, which will definitely tie into you, Ashley, so much as Beth sent me. And if you haven't yet, listeners, if you haven't yet checked out episode four, <laughs> money mindset, truth <laughs> bombs that will change your <laughs> life, definitely do it. Um, but Beth sent me the Jensen Chero book. You're a baddest at making money. And she sent this to me at a time where I was not ready to receive that. I was so pissed off. I was so like, I read the book and I loved it so much. I'm like, I need to
1: send this to everyone that I love. And I did. And it didn't land well. It didn't land well.
0: I was so (laughs) mad. I'm pretty sure I intentionally didn't reach out to you for a minute after that. Um, But the flip side of that is it ended up being completely life changing. And it's really what we've been friends forever, like what, 15 years now? Yeah, a lot But I. it really is what kicked off our working relationship together. So it's just really interesting because when we chat money mindset, like we both grew up with those you know, struggling moms, hustle to make ends meet, and we learned that ma- amazing work ethic, but we've struggled into our adult years with money mindset and even being aware that we struggle with that. We still do. So it's very interesting and that tie in there is just I think kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Ashley, will you share with us a little bit about how like an unhealthy mindset can really affect your life and your business and kind of your well being as a whole?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think both of you probably realize when you when you're almost awakened to the fact that you have a scarcity mindset or you don't have a great mindset around money, it, it truly is life changing whenever you or even just awaken to that fact and realize that it isn't as good as it could be. And we don't realize how much of a detrimental effect being in the scarcity mindset loop can have on our lives and in our business. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about kind of living in a scarcity loop versus an abundance loop of money or your mindset around money. And when you're in a scarcity loop, that's usually when we are in a space of fear or avoidance. So, we're worried we're never going to have enough money to reach our goals, we're worried we're going to run out of money, we don't have enough savings, we don't know um if we're going to drain our business bank account paying ourselves like we just live in a lot of fear around money itself or complete avoidance. This looks like never wanting to look at the balance in your bank account out of just absolute fear of what that number is going to say. I'm um, so guilty. Yeah. Oh
1: I have <laughs> so to, guilty. Yeah. I'm like are you talking to me right now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> or you'll see the little notifications pop up that are like nothing you really need to check, but you're like, I do not even want to open the app because I don't even want to know what's going to be in there. I talk to people that this looks like not wanting to open mail, like mail from the IRS or mail from their bank or any kind of mail. Cause then that will give them information that they're like, I don't even want to see that. So that's anything, anything around fear around spending or fear around the money that you have really is the start of this scarcity loop. And what that leads to is just really uninformed and rash decisions. So whenever we live in this fear or avoidance, and we don't, we're not using our money proactively, then we really aren't spending wisely. We, people in that state tend to um, see like a shiny object and just immediately purchase it or like see something that they want and immediately go after that, or they're hoarding money and just saving as much as they can. So it's either overspending, which I usually call like sloppy spending, like we're just not really intentional about it, we're just kind of spending on like anything and everything we could ever possibly want, or hoarding all of the money in fear that we're going to run out that there's not going to be enough, not investing in things that we actually need, and that we are going to help us get closer to our goals. So when we have this fear and avoidance, it really leads to like not spending well, which then leads to a negative effect, right? Like if we're overspending or sloppy spending, we're not going to have as much money in our bank account as we want to. So it's going to like reinforce whenever we go to look at our bank account, but it's lower than we want. Then that just takes us back into a fear state. And then we're just like keeping ourselves in this loop. Kind of the other side of that is if you are like hoarding all of your money and saving everything, we're not getting any closer to our goals. So we might have goals in business that we're trying to reach, whatever that looks like. And it's true that you have to spend money to make money. So if you are hoarding your money and you aren't spending and investing in the right ways, you're not getting closer to your goals, which just gives us negative outcomes, which then leads, keeps us in this fear loop. When we are, when we realize that this is the loop that we're living in, and we make really active decisions to move ourselves over to the abundance loop, And we feel gratitude and acceptance for the money that we do have. And we start using money as a tool to really invest in the things that we want and spend on the things that we need. It leads to positive outcomes. We have more money in our account because we're being really intentional about the spending or we're reaching our goals because we're being really intentional about the spending. So we just feel even more grateful um, and have these positive feelings towards the money that we have. And that's really what keeps us in that abundance loop. And so really when we can make that switch, it's just life-changing the ability that you have to make really smart and intentional de- decisions about the spending in your business, which is just going to get you closer to the goals that you have.
0: I love that oh, so much. I love it so much. I love the sloppy spending too, because that's exactly what it is. That's <laughs> exactly what it feels like yeah. in both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So when a new client comes along and you begin working together, and you realize they have a super unhealthy money mindset, like I did, especially when I got that book, um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Like, how do you call out the elephant in the room and help them work through that? Yeah. So we, in Pretty
2: Penny, our approach is really to be like sitting on the same side of the table with you. We are a friend in business, and I never want meetings with us or conversations with us to feel like someone is like going to the principal's office and they're going to get in trouble. You know, like, I've talked to so many people who have had an experience with an accountant where they leave the meeting and they just get in their car and are crying because they feel overwhelmed and they feel stressed and they feel like they're in trouble. And it was just a negative experience. And so I always want those experiences with us, whether it's just a conversation or it's we're having, you know, we're working with a client to be something that's positive. And so it's a balance between like a friend, tough love, and we really are trying to get them to come to it on their own. Because when you can truly realize it on your own in some way that it is negatively impacting you, or you can really see that it's a scarcity mindset, you're so much more driven to want to make a change. When it comes to clients, a lot of times if it's someone that is like hoarding or, or over-saving their money, which we see quite often, we see a lot of times business owners aren't paying themselves in their business. It's getting them to start, start somewhere, start small and build it up so that they can actually see the positive effects and see that their business can afford it and see what else they're able to do with the money that they're paying themselves and invest it in other ways and spend it on things that are going to help them in their life or help their families. Um, so it's really trying to get them to see the difference, see that scarcity mindset, and then make small, tiny adjustments so that they can start seeing the, the positive effects because um, then it snowballs from there.
0: That is such a different relationship with an accountant or any sort of Mm -hmm. financial person that I would ever imagine, (laughs) which is what is so cool about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. I just, when I, when I decided to major in accounting in college, I had this like, I don't know, I was really stressed because I just, the typical sort of person in the profession was not really what I felt like I was. I was like, I want to be someone who's bubbly and cheesy and friendly and really lighthearted and casual and trying to I was worried I wasn't able to find my space in the industry and it's been really fun being able to be myself because I'm able to work with women who are able to truly open up to us and share everything so that we can really help them transform their business.
1: That's, That's awesome. so cool cuz money is such a stressor for people, True. good and bad and like for you to say like you try to bring a lighthearted fun approach to it, that is super encouraging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just on that note of money being a stressor, I mean, I think we downplay how much working on your financial health plays into self-care, right? Like when we think of self-care, we usually think of like face masks and bubble baths and vacations and massages and things that are very relaxing. But money is such a stressor that if we can take that, that self-care time, if we can add in some self-care time to work on our money mindset, to work on our understanding of money and our financial confidence, it's yeah. gonna reduce that money related stress which is a form of self-care I mean that can really improve our mental health
0: Wow
1: literally never no accountant I've ever seen in I've, my life talks about my <laughs> I've
0: never <laughs> this has never even crossed my mind at all like that's a that's amazing I think I need a minute <laughs> with to like let that settle in
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> To process it's important <laughs> right
0: Yeah. Ashley, what's one of the
1: number one financial mistakes you see like female entrepreneurs making?
2: I would say just in like, I'm gonna say a couple words, but they really are all the same thing. It's like avoidance, not saying consistent, and just feeling like that's not something I do, right? Like we'll talk to a lot of women who are like the money side of things isn't something I handle. It's just something someone else does. And if you are a woman in business and you have someone else that physically manages the money in your business, that is wonderful. And I'm not saying that you need to be the one to physically manage it. But you do need to understand it. And it's you can understand it. And I think a lot of times it's a, it's a thought process and a fear of... I don't really I don't really get numbers. I'm not a numbers person. And so I just don't even like I can't learn this. It's not something that I'm good at. And the truth is, if you were taught numbers about your own business which you're passionate about, you can understand numbers. You actually are a numbers person because if we think of how we price things, how we sell things, those are all those all have to do with numbers. And I think it's just people who are just like kind of write it off as this isn't really something that I know because in order to build really long-term sustainable businesses, we have to be good at the at the numbers side of our business.
0: I kind of feel like you're calling me out a little bit here, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> in a very gentle way, goodness. I can still relate to that. Yeah, me too. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah, I was like, I got a bookkeeper and I feel I like, so now I feel like I have a little bit more of a hands-off approach to it but I probably should be in there like knowing the numbers inside now, even though the bookkeeper's like doing the work.
2: Yeah. And if you have someone that's doing the work, even if just once a month, if they can send you your reports or if they're sending them to you and you actually not just take like the 30 seconds to like click on it and like check the box that you got them, but like really look at them, like, like look at the numbers really like evaluate how things are going because then that's where we're able to make decisions. Like we are, we're not big corporations, so we're small boats. So if we are looking at our numbers frequently, we can pivot if something isn't working. Um, so whenever you kind of get those reports every month, or when you're looking at the information, even if someone else has has done it all for you, just making note of. How did this month go? Were sales higher or lower than I expected? If they were higher, was it, did it feel good or did it feel stressful? Is that something I want to repeat? Or is it something we need to change about how it went? Were expenses higher or lower than I expected? Do I need a plan because we have new bigger expenses? Or were they lower than I expected and I can figure out where else I want to invest in my business? So just taking time to really ask yourself those questions, even if it's just once a month, is just a game changer and feeling more confident about the money in your business
0: it's so important. I'll add that to my to-do list. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, mm, I should be doing that. <laughs> the never-ending to-do list of yours is oh, anything goodness. like mine. <laughs> okay. So a lot of our listeners are realtors. It's like half and half. It's like entrepreneurs and realtors that listen to the show. And something that has been made very aware to me more recently... <laughs> blown um, your mind actually blow my mind a little bit is many of them don't have an s corp or llc and they're not protected a lot of them don't even have like the any business part set up so they're starting their business without setting up the those foundational pieces what steps would they take today to make sure they have protection in place and also take advantage of tax laws yeah absolutely i mean i think so many businesses there
2: are some that decide they're going to start a business and immediately register for an LLC and get everything set up. But I would say majority of business owners that I talk to don't do that. They just kind of almost find themselves in a business, right? Like they've decided to start selling something or get their real estate license. And then they're they're all of a sudden they have this money coming in. And there's been no um, really business foundational setup. And it's never too late to get those things set up. It is also never too early, but it's definitely never too late. So the first thing that I would suggest is to get your LLC. It's a state registration and LLC stands for Limited Liability Company. And the liability kind of portion of that is what we're focused on. Yes, Because it is going to... Yes. (laughs) That getting that LLC is going to help protect you from your business and your business from you, essentially. So the LLC builds like a big wall in between you and your business. So we hope that nothing like this happens. But if you ever were to get in a personal car accident and the other person were to sue you, if you don't have that LLC set up, they have access to everything that's under your personal name and also everything that's under the business name. So if you have any business bank accounts, or for anyone who's not in real estate, if you have any like equipment that you have if you have a vehicle under the business name, anything that you have under the business, they then have access to all of that. So that LLC protection is going to help you kind of keep your personal and business separate. The flip side, which I think sometimes can be a little bit, uh, for lack of better terms, like scarier, is that if something were to happen on the business side and you were to have an upset client or something happens and they were to see you, they then have access to everything on the personal side. So houses you own, cars you have, cash in your accounts, and they then have access to everything that you own. And that LLC just builds that wall of protection. So it's almost like an insurance policy, if you will. There are things that we need to do to make sure we stay in line with what's needed for the LLC to make sure that it, it really is, keeps that wall. But it builds this protection between your personal and your business. And once you have an LLC, you have to keep your business and personal spending separate which is so huge. It's going to help with financial clarity, which I think is almost more of a convincing factor than the liability is sometimes. But when you have an LLC, you are required to keep your personal and business spending separate. And then once you have the LLC as a state registration, you can get your EIN with the IRS. You can then take steps as your business grows and your profit grows to register to become an S-corp. And once you're an S-corp, there's a ton of tax savings that you can take advantage of. Um, you just always want to make sure that you talk to someone to make sure your business is in the right state for an S-corp. Because it can cost you money if you do it at the wrong time, but it can save you a ton. So just being aware and reaching out for support to really help you through those processes. Um, it's so important to make sure that you have kind of a strong foundation and that you're taking advantage of you're taking advantage of the tax law in the best way in ways that are going to really help you not overpay in taxes.
1: That's huge. And,
0: and you're protected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so
1: funny. She thinks about the protection side of things. I think about the tax, like the <laughs> yep. tax benefits and it's so weird, like how our brains are
0: wired that way. I was a photographer for wedding photographer for years before this. And I've seen things not go super well. So the protection, not, not for me, Um, The protection Mm -hmm. part is just so important. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It sticks with me. Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like people's, what can convince them to take
2: that next step is always like split, right? It's like taxes or liability, or it's like having financial clarity, or it's the scarier side, like the IRS. You know, it's it's always one of two sides. We try to make sure we touch on both so that we can get everyone on the same boat.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: I love that. Yeah. It, okay. So in real estate, it is, it's interesting. And in a lot of entrepreneurs where like, if you, especially if you're hundred percent commission, I feel like people get stuck in this, like another loop, like you were talking about scarcity and abundance where it's like, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich, I'm poor. <laughs> and a lot of real estate agents live beyond their means how do you like how do you guide your clients to like not be on that emotional roller coaster that financial roller coaster that creates that emotional roller coaster
2: yeah well i think for real estate agents specifically it is tricky because you don't always know exactly when the next deal is going to pay out or when it's going to come and so you do have to be very thoughtful and intentional with the money that you have and when it comes in and really planning ahead And it is, uh, I do feel like in that industry specifically, it's a little trickier than a business who has like pretty regular income coming in because if you have regular income coming in, you know, next month you should have that same income coming in. So kind of my, my first couple tips for someone who has irregular income coming in. So you're not really sure when the next one's going to come, or it might be months before you get that next check is a to make sure that you have a really healthy savings that can carry you through. And the goal is not necessarily to have to dip into that savings. So what we don't want to see is someone putting it all into savings and then draining that savings before they get the next check, we really want to be able to slowly build up this savings and use it as a fallback. If you were expecting a deal to go through and it doesn't, or something happened in the market and it ends up being a longer lead time before you're able to kind of close the next deal. So that savings is really meant to be more of a fallback than something you use every month until you have the next, you know, money coming in or the next big check or whatever that looks like. So in planning that, what we want is it's so important for you to know what your monthly expenses are and when I say what they are, I mean what they physically are and what you want them to be because those are generally very two very different things. What they are are kind of like the bills you need to pay, like what you need to bring home every month in order to like keep up the lifestyle that you currently have. And what you want them to be is the lifestyle that you want. And we want to make sure that the money that we're bringing in can afford the lifestyle that we want. So I really encourage everyone to go through an exercise where you physically write down... All your bills, like like you know exactly what needs to come out every month. You know how much that totals to be, and then write out your dream budget. There's a book, um, it's by Rachel Rogers, and it's called Everyone Should Be a Millionaire. Have you guys I have that book. book. <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, I really for I feel like for money mindset, it's very tactical, but it also is a lot around mindset. And she has you go through this practice in the book too, like really like write out what your dream budget is, so that you know what those personal expenses are. And the goal would be to have like six months of savings. And I almost consider this like a business savings. So this might be separate than your personal rainy day fund. But for irregular income, I recommend six months of savings to fall back on that you slowly build up over time. And then every time you get money in, or maybe every month you evaluate it, and you make sure that you have enough set aside for your personal expenses, set aside for taxes, and a little set aside for savings so that you can carry yourself through to whatever that next month is going to look like. For anyone who has very regular income, I recommend three months of savings. And then at the end of each month, set aside 30% for taxes, set aside 10% for business savings until you get your savings to that kind of three months. And then you can stop setting aside that 10%. And then the remaining 60 or 70% that you have left is what you have available to pay yourself and that's what you get to go spend on whatever it is that you want to spend or invest it into something new.
0: Seems completely doable. hmm Yeah. Start, start <laughs> She's call. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I I feel like it's hard if you um, if you don't do the planning up front when you get into real estate. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be so easy. I'm just going to get into it and sell a bunch of houses. And they don't take into consideration that lag time between commission checks yeah. and you know, you still have business expenses, you still have personal expenses. And so then if you haven't planned and done that six month savings, like you're recommending, then what do you do? Like, where does that money come from?
2: Yeah, you And I do think
1: savings or whatever.
2: Yeah. And I think you're right that in 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 an industry like real estate, where it's going to be not like a regular amount coming in every month, it's so important to start that planning steps from the beginning so that you Mm -hmm. can start building up that, that savings to fall back on so that you don't get yourself in a situation where you're like, Oh crap, what am I going to do? Because this money isn't coming in. Like I thought it was going to.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I see is like so many real estate agents that get behind on their taxes because they yeah. spend their whole entire commission check look at your eyes are like what they do
0: that no i've never heard against before where it. you spend the whole commission check. Yeah. and
1: then you're not that and tax time you're like oh <laughs> crap now i owe $40,000 to the irs where is that money going to come it from it feels
0: like baggage right like that abundant scarcity roller coaster it's very similar to like a transaction like you get you get the deal and then you like it gets slower and then you wait for the next one it's like this up and down same with your finances and it feels like that's not good for our mental health.
1: No, exactly and what you're, Ashley you're said, self-care. The,
0: if you yeah. deal with yeah. that, the taxes you haven't paid and you're into the next year and you're still working on last year, yeah. it's the baggage and you're never going to feel like you're caught up and, whoa, that seems yeah. stressful. And I. I think that's why it's so
2: important to plan throughout the year rather than just waiting until tax season to figure out how much you owe. Mm -hmm. So setting aside 30% of your profit every month, or even if that looks like for real estate agents, you don't have as many, you do have expenses, but not as many as maybe like a business with a building and employees and all of those things. But you, it's really your profit that you want. So if you get a big commission deal, you want to kind of take that commission deal. That's your revenue subtract whatever your expenses were to get to that deal, whatever is left over is your profit. And you want to set 30% of that aside into like a tax savings account. That way come tax season, when it's time to pay in you're you've already set that money aside, you haven't spent it. So you're not going to be behind on like, where am I going to find the cash to pay this tax bill? Mm -hmm. It also just makes tax season a little less stressful and a little less of like a gut punch, I guess, you know, like if you just have all the money building up in your main checking account, and then you have to send it all to the IRS, you're just like, Oh, like that balance looks so good. And now it doesn't. Whereas if it's like a side and a tax savings account, still not the most fun thing to send it. But at least it's a side, you already know that it's allocated taxes. And when it gets sent in, you're like, done, that's a done deal. Now I get to focus on this year.
0: I used to be that person that would go to my tax appointment with my accountant, just like sweating and so stressed out and like, how much is this gonna (laughs) work? Like literally, I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here. And it's a terrible place to be.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's super stressful. And as employees, we like when you have a W-2 check coming to you, your employer is pulling the taxes out before it even gets deposited into your account. So when we when that script is flipped and we are the Oh, we are the business owner, we are the employer essentially. We have to take on that responsibility of pulling the taxes out of our own quote unquote paycheck. So whatever you're paying yourself, you've got to pull the taxes out. Cause someone was just doing it before you. And now it's our responsibility to really pull that out so that we don't get ourselves in a situation where you're kind of trying to play catch-up.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here. Yeah. Um so we absolutely love that you have a really strong online presence and brand, which quite frankly, you're a unicorn in the financial world. <laughs> I'm just going to call it out there. It's exciting to see and such a great example of what we've been preaching for years now that most, if not all businesses, are going to need a brand to survive. So you're definitely thinking outside of the box and are living in a space where the black and white, the numbers meet the creative, which is so cool. Um, like when I think of accounting, this is not what comes up. me at all, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. Creative does not come in there. Can you share why you wanted to shake this space up and how that's opened doors for women entrepreneurs in this space? Yeah. So whenever kind of like rounding back to whenever COVID really started, I realized I had
2: zero online presence. All my business had been coming from referrals, which was great, but I kind of had this like wake up moment of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen as everyone did, right? so I had some extra time and i really i i found this kind of marketing course that was focused more on social media and branding and and kind of creating a brand around who the business was and it was absolutely game changing for me and when i started and when i created my instagram account there really weren't any other what i could find there weren't really any other accountants in like doing anything on social media it seemed almost like unprofessional. So I was a little concerned that people wouldn't take me seriously if I was like, posting, you know, like pretty graphics on social media or getting on to talk about things and showing my face and and getting really casual about the topic of accounting. And I feel like the opposite actually happened. You know, I was really worried people wouldn't take me seriously. But really, I was able to find people who connected with me really well And were able to open up to me about their financial situation. And it has allowed us to really bring on a lot of dream clients. And I think that's what a lot of people are realizing about the online space is that it allows you to connect with your audience and connect with your potential clients in a totally different way, in a way more casual way that almost feels like it's a friendly approach. It's someone that you can, you know, kind of connect with or get to know over a period of time until you feel comfortable with them. And then reach out about services or working with them in some way. And since then, I've seen a lot more bookkeepers and accountants and you know CFOs and people in the tax space start to create sort of an online presence, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or wherever it is. Um, because I think that's, that's where everything has been moving for the last couple of years is really to show up online. And I feel like it has allowed people in my space to connect with potential clients in a totally different way you know traditionally it was like you had to google accountants in my area and then walk into an office and that can be so so intimidating for
0: it's someone terrifying. It's yeah, terrifying. yeah.
1: <laughs> can you share like this is a total side tangent can you share yeah. like one of a couple of maybe like your favorite stories of connections that have happened through social media with just you like putting yourself out there
2: Oh, my gosh, it is just wild to me. So I, um, we create a lot of like e learning and courses and things for people who aren't quite yet ready to hire a full time bookkeeper. Um, And I actually I've created a couple of courses and memberships with another accountant. And we met through social media, and we worked together on like creating courses and memberships and like selling things for about two years before we ever met in person. And when we met this in person, so we were cool. like, how weird is this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool.
1: <laughs> you're like, you're a business partner and I've never even seen your face in real life. That's so cool. Exactly.
2: exactly. Yeah. I'm still to this day, we've worked together for a couple of years now. And we just met again for the second time over Christmas and did like some pictures together to use and some of our branding because we had been photoshopping our like headshots together for things. <laughs>
1: I love that. That's so So
2: cool. Yeah. How
0: neat.
1: That's really cool. Okay, so say I'm a realtor listening to this episode or I'm just any sort of entrepreneur, like anyone. You're sweating
0: at this point too. Right, right? you're like,
1: oh God, all the things that I'm not doing currently and like this person's realizing like they don't have their ducks in a row, tax season is right around the corner. What would you say to that person? Give them some actionable items so they can really like feel confident going through tax season?
2: Yeah. So first thing it is, is just going to be my way of trying to like alleviate the stress, like alleviate the, the sweatiness that's happening. And that is most of us are in business long-term, right? Like most of us are trying to build something that is at least somewhat sustainable for a long period of time until we're ready to tap out or pass it along to somebody else. And because of that, it's important to remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint. And so if you feel like there's a lot that you're not doing right now, try to do a little. Don't try to do all the things. Because if you listen to this and then right afterward, you're like, I'm going to go do literally everything to make sure I am set up perfectly. You're (laughs) going to never want to do it again in your life. Like you're going to be like, that was exhausting. I'm never touching it again. Whereas if you can try to like add little habits into your practice, that's going to make your life so much easier. So if we're looking sort of past tax season first, It's so important for you every month to be tracking your income and expenses, whether you get something like QuickBooks or Wave, or you do it in Excel, consistently tracking your income and expenses. It might look like 15 to 20 minutes once a week or an hour once a month, but putting that on your calendar and holding yourself to it and making sure that you are like physically tracking everything that's going through is going to make tax season next year so much easier because you're already going to have all that information documented. Because if you're in a situation now where you're about to file for last year and you have not documented everything, then you know, you're about to spend a long time trying to go back through what you spent last January. And like, nobody can remember that, right? No. So we're combing through our bank statements and trying to remember like, was that target run for work? Or was it personal? I don't really know. So keeping track of it on a monthly basis going forward is going to be hugely helpful. And then kind of like we talked about earlier, but setting money aside for tax savings going forward. Is going to be a game changer. If you've never set anything aside, start low. Set aside like five percent or ten percent of your monthly profit or of those commission checks, and work that up to twenty percent, twenty five percent, thirty percent over time. Um, that way, it's not such a big hit to what you're used to. You're used to taking. Um, so, like little baby steps as you go. If you are wondering, okay, like how can I just get myself organized for last year? To, in order to get taxes done, in order to get everything done that you need to, you've got to figure out a way to like track all of your income and expenses. So whether that looks like getting an accounting software that can do it for you, it might look like outsourcing it. It might look like hiring someone to just help you with this piece because you can go take that time and spend it making money or doing something else that's going to be better for your business. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece is just don't be afraid to reach out for support, even if you don't know if you are able to afford anything, or you don't know how much you can afford. Reaching out for support is going to help give you options and figure out what you can or can't aren't ready to afford, or options of how you could maybe make this process easier on yourself. But I think going forward, building in that consistency and making sure that you're tracking everything every month is going to be so helpful come next year.
0: Those are all great things. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so this conversation was amazing. I have a couple of to dos. Don't you? Do you have a couple to dos? Yeah. It's like you're a breath of fresh air. Like it's taking the scary out of this. Like it is like not been my experience at all. Like in the financial world, that you look warm and your mindset matters, and you're not being shamed. I love that
1: you're not shaming your clients about not having all their Financial duck ducks in a row.
0: I also love yeah. that you're a small business and you're on social media. <clears throat> okay, so anyway, <laughs> moving on from there. Um, tell everyone <laughs> where they can they can find you and learn more about your courses and about you and, and your services. Absolutely.
2: So you can find us at Pretty Penny Accounting on Instagram and pretty much anywhere on social media, and um, that's where you can find our website and access to our courses. My DMs are always open. You can send me a message anytime and. I'll try to answer your question or guide you in the right place. We truly are here to help people better understand the numbers in their business and and make it way more approachable. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at.
0: Thank you so that's much. Awesome. This was great.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you being yeah, here. We appreciate you
0: being here. We so. learn
1: stuff. Yay. We learn stuff. I hope
0: everyone <laughs> else did so. Get, get your stuff in order. It's that time of year, everyone. So this is the time. And I hope you got some great tidbits from this episode as well. So until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more,
1: Head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabustbench.com of for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us, and they're what keep us going.
0: Girl, thanks for being here.